That's bad now. <sighs> okay. Hello, everyone. You made it. <laughs> you may, I was waiting here for, I think, what was it now, three minutes or something in mm -hmm. his call. Mm -hmm. I yeah. must, don't tell everyone <laughs> that I'm talking about digital productivity and things like that. <laughs> I wasn't able to find the link to to the live stream in the Google in the Google event. I mean, you have to you have to check this out. Yeah, I mean, who, who checks the most obvious place like the location? Yeah. Who, yeah. who who does that? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm new to all this. It's not like you have a YouTube channel around productivity and, yeah. and keeping organized. It's more about the journey becoming, you know, going paperless and things like that. I'm not saying that I can do anything. I'm not just joking. So yeah, I messed up three minutes late. Ah, does it doesn't matter. We're here now. We're here now. Um, so yeah. hello, Torin and Kim. Three minutes, you know. I have had, actually. I have five minutes. Five five minutes. Um. Yeah, so Torin, Kim, hello, and everyone else that's joining in. So, um, Tom, welcome back. It's I would say it's great to have you back, but but mm. <laughs> uh, no, it is it is great to have you back on. And today's topic, I'm I'm sure we're going to divert into a couple of directions because of a recent update, which is it is exciting. Um, but for those that don't know who you are, Tom, uh, and haven't experienced your um your sense of humour before, do you want to give a quick intro as to who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, uh, I'm German, so you know I have no humor, and um, there's not much more to add. German efficiency. This Jim. is what I teach there. No, just joking. So, Tom Solid, founder of the Paperless Movement, uh, real name, Dr. Thomas Rödel. You will find me in LinkedIn if you're interested to connect. Um, yeah, and I actually tell people how to become more productive and be on time when you have some events going and things like that. And next video will be about how to find the link to your live stream in your Google Calendar event, actually. <laughs> things like that. You know, you know, I, I think there's a saying for this situation, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> At least the others do it right. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. Good, my role. <laughs> um, Kevin, good to see you. Uh, Bass Tools on Tech, good to see you. And Pauli, hello, good to see you. Right. Um, so, so uh, just outsource the humor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just about to, to talk about delegation and things like that, and it become will become hard to delegate these live streams. But actually, maybe somebody else would be far more funny than me here. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. i have uh, to keep it fiver <laughs> <laughs> or upwork or however many other things there are oh yeah right so why i'm here yeah what, why, why are you here Tom? What, yeah. why are you here <laughs> what, is it, what is it all about uh, you merged me into this yeah my, my first question was about a video you made a while ago oh, i say a while ago i made a week, two weeks, uh, about Coda versus Notion. Because last time we spoke, you were exploring Coda uh, and you were using Notion. And my understanding is you went to Coda and then have gone back to Notion. I don't, I don't really know what's going on. So I figured we'd talk about app changing, tool changing, tiny so object syndrome. <laughs> yeah, where are you at? What are you doing with Coda, Notion, or who knows what else is in there now? You know. I'm the same as so many other people. 
information scattered all over the place in different apps. And um, the, the difference is I'm allowed to do this because I have to discover this. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I talked about Coda and I switched the work stream for my YouTube editing process to Coda. And I made an online course about this for my Inner Circle members where I show in detail how to set this up in Coda and what advantages we have there as well. Then I thought, okay, Coda is going strong there. And Notion was my knowledge management or my single source of truth to this point when it comes to knowledge management. People who follow me say Notion, know that I say Notion is not for everything. So project and task management is not a Notion. So I'm using ClickUp as my team manager and uh, project management tool. And to do is as my personal management tool. So everything needs to stay connected. And if I hate something, then it is disconnected information all over the place. And the weakness of Notion was always the lack of a proper API. Not sure if we have something like this yet. We can discuss this later. But no. um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I re really saw a lot of advantages in Coda. But then it came really to building up databases. And this is actually a video that I will publish tomorrow on, on my YouTube channel about how I use knowledge management in Notion and how I connect all these databases because I never stopped doing this. Um, okay, I see your face, but <laughs> so carry on. The thing is, the the real power of Notion is connecting databases, and you tell me now, yeah, Coda can do this as well. But it it goes there 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 are a few things that just annoyed me in Coda. So and and brought me back to Notion. So one thing is the organization of docs in there. So you have to have a doc. In there, you can have pages, but I cannot have different accessibility, you know, um, uh, sharing options for my team. So either they say, see everything or nothing. But then when I set up different docs, they are disconnected. So I have some packs where I can connect tables and so on. But this is another friction point for me to build up these databases. And in Notion, I have one workspace, everything is connected, and I can decide who can see it and who can't see it. And then we have the big advantage still in Notion, which is the backlinks. And this is what I also will show there, um, that I'm using Notion for note-taking and referencing information that is actually in my tables. For example, my software database table. If I'm thinking about a tool, next shiny object, somebody mentions something, this is usually the moment when people think, okay, I need to keep this, and they write it somewhere down and never find it again. And this is where I have the conventions in place. If you know me, then I have conventions, definitions, and if I stick to them, then they work. If I don't, I mess up. And this is one of the conventions. I have a software in mind. I want to talk about this. It goes into the software database. I can open up the page, write into more information. And later on, I can cross-connect uh, or mention these software in there. So it's hard with, without showing to describe this, especially for German, not properly speaking native English. But yeah, I did my best. 
doesn't matter about the language. We're 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 global in here already, anyway. So it's it's fine. And now um, you just have to say, well, Tom, you still talk better English than I do German. Far, far better. Yeah, this I, is I don't think I know any German words. <laughs> yeah. I, I just know that the words sound really harsh when they're pronounced. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's 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 about it. Um, so uh -huh. Pauli's question about recurring tasks. I'm I'm going to take a, a stab in the dark and say it's Todoist because that's your task manager. Is that correct? Yeah. So this is again about disconnection. So. ClickUp is my project manager where all the tasks in there, but I don't like ClickUp for personal task management. So I'm using Todoist for my personal task management, but I, in between, I'm using Plexi to two-way synchronize ClickUp and Todoist. This means I set up the tasks that are related to paperless movement inside ClickUp, but they also come up on Todoist at the same time. If I change anything in Todoist, the due date or anything, it will get updated in ClickUp automatically, and I get rid of this two places and scattered information. So when it comes to tasks, Todoist single source of truth. Right. Yeah, and that's that two-way sync. I'm sure we will get onto that later on in the stream because uh, comes to Notion. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later because I have a little bit of a rant to have about, but I'm going to leave you for for, for okay. that one. Okay. Great. Uh, okay. Uh, Pally's next question. I would love to hear your comments on the new update for Notion, the API, and other integrations. So this, I we will cover this. <laughs> I was like, we, we we have to talk about it. Um. So. I, I'm not going to ignore the question, Pauli. I've acknowledged it. It's there on screen, but I don't want to talk about it quite yet because I still want to ask Tom something about Coda uh, and Notion. Pauli, um, so I can't wait to get started on this one, <laughs> but yeah, we will get back to this. Yeah. Uh, how many apps do you have in your noted Notion database? Well, for me, um, it's zero because I don't have a Notion database of apps. There's my get out. Um, for my, my most recent video, actually, I showed my Obsidian, which is a question I was I'm, I'm curious to ask um, Tom about because he mentioned knowledge management. That's where my face went. Um, but currently I have 1023 is, is what the number is saying on the folder. That's applications, 1023. Mm. There's my number. Um, Tom, what's yours? A few. And I just realized that I can actually share a screen, isn't it? Yeah, Kushka. Yeah. So I'm talking and talking. It's always better to show. So I give you something that I will show in the video as well. But uh, for you, Danny, oh, for your stream, yeah. I, I feel privileged. <laughs> just have to agree. On um, do, you want me, do you want me to direct you to the share button just in case you can't it's find fine. it? No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I watched your tutorial on that one. <laughs> Am I sharing already? Uh, I, I can't see any screen that you're sharing, though. No. Chrome has lost. <laughs> okay, if you're on a Mac, you're really doomed when it comes to sharing. Gee, just <laughs> talking. I would just. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. I will, I will keep talking. Oh, look at that. Paolo's brought up another question. You're, you're full of questions today, Paolo. I love it. Um, yeah, with the, with the knowledge management, I'm curious to see once you've, you've finished sharing, because you said Notion for knowledge management. Yeah, I know you were using Roam and Obsidian uh, and testing out Crafty, I think, as well. And obviously, you're an iPad user, so you've got notes in there. And like, okay, what is your. PKM, personal knowledge management, look like? I'm curious to see, but obviously you're going to bring something up in a minute with the apps. So um, I've so been waiting. It's Notion. 
it, it's just Notion. And then I'm using Craft. You're right. I'm talking about all these tools. But um, Obsidian and Rome Research is something I was digging into, and I like the idea, but it is... You know, this uh, reference to being a gardener versus being an architect. So when you're in Notion, you're more an architect. When you're in Obsidian or own research, you're the gardener and so on. I always see myself being an architect, building a glass house where I'm actually growing my plants in there. And this is Notion. It allows you to do this, actually, with their backlinks. You can be dynamic and find this. And you will find this in a, in a sec. You will see this in a sec once I find the right access things here. Oh, yeah. yeah, we are all prepared. We are professional people, <laughs> but but yeah, I, th I think that's a the analogy because there was a third one in there, wasn't there? There was a, a gardener, architect, and there was something else. Yeah, librarian. Well, oh, librarian, which is the Evernote thing. Yeah, and I'm using <laughs> Evernote as well. So just just check this uh, quickly. So Notion is my knowledge management base, which is my Wikipedia. This is what we in the end building up with the backlinks and so on. It's nothing else and building up a Wikipedia there, or a personal one. Craft is something I really like by the looks, and they are not there yet to be a proper knowledge management thing for me, but they will publish a lot in the future. I know that, talking to the CEO. Um, so what I did there, I'm building a house right now in real life, <laughs> and I thought, okay, let's take this project and do it in craft. So I defined one thing, where I think, okay, it can be disconnected from my paperless movement knowledge. It is something completely new where I have to dig into, like house building. And this was the moment where I thought, okay, now let's test a new app, which is the craft. Obsidian and Rome Research, I stopped using. Um, Rome Research, I made a, what was it, four month, five month uh, test phase, which I solely used for my team meetings in my day job not in paperless movement. So I had another separate thing to test with. And this was really interesting because this is really powerful when it comes to making huddles inside Rome Research or Obsidian because you stay up uh, on, on top of the game. If people ask you later on, do you know anything about this? And you just look into this and you see, oh yeah, we talked about this last time and things like that. So this is really uh, a good outcome out there. But I ended up going back to Notion. And then you asked me maybe, hey, Tom, what about this popular Apple Notes video that you just published? Is it just to get some views? Indeed. <laughs> was, I got the remarkable. The, mm -hmm. the thing is that was missing was the, the in-your-face feeling, having a post-it, having a piece of paper. So I bought the remarkable, and I was really impressed. And it was really, I was actually using it more than I thought. Um, having a piece of paper laying around that I can update. But eventually I send it back because I realized that I can do this with the, with Apple Notes as well, just tapping on my iPad and it will just open the daily note that I can just write on. Next day it will open a new daily note, things like that you can set up. So this was the reason why I published the online course, how I use Apple Notes, and then the typical things. Oh, Tom, you switched to Apple Notes now. This is what you use. How do you use it for knowledge management? No. I'm talking about iCore framework. That's what I'm teaching in, in the inner circle. Input, control, output, refine, different part for productivity system. Apple Notes is solely input. And this is for 
I get a call. I have to write down something very quickly. I cannot open Notion for that in order to quickly capture something. I tap on my iPad, write it down like a phone number or anything, but then it needs to get processed into the proper knowledge management system. So again, single source of truth, getting rid of duplicates and so on. Yeah, talking about multitasking, still trying to do this in parallel again. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I did see. I did see Yusuf in chat mention Brian Jenks with Obsidian, and yes, yes, very, very knowledgeable person. I think when it comes to uh, all of those, all of those apps. I mean, I'm still using Obsidian. When it comes to all of those sort of the note taking apps, everyone essentially is doing the same thing. It's just a different tool. Um, and I've I've got a video coming out next week about journaling because journaling in itself, there are so many different ways and types of doing essentially the same thing like <laughs> dream journal habit journal food journal exercise journal insert something journal um and then you have brain dumps uh and then i think it question storming is another thing morning pages is another thing like they're all the same thing just a different size book or a different pen lines dots <laughs> like it's it's essentially yeah. the same thing just with one one little context or environmental change that suits the person mm -hmm. Uh, and in, in our case, typically that's an application, uh, but the apps may change depending on the, the feel and the moment you're having at the time, or who knows, who, who knows why you may be looking at other things. Yeah, well, I have a team of six people now in the paperless movement, and I cannot switch tools all the time. Mm -hmm. So what I built up is a sand pit where I can just, or sandbox um, area where I say, okay, let's test new tools. But I set up my conventions, I have my workflows and all this, and I really carefully or try carefully to <laughs> decide to switch tools. So Coda, for example, was one back and forth with my uh, YouTube team and uh, or video editing team. And I thought I might end up going back to Notion. And I say I'm not using Notion for project management and task management just because there are no features like recurring tasks and so on. But sorry, but um, having one database with my, I just show you, it should it should work now to share thing. I hope so. I've, I've, I've got my mouse waiting to, to <laughs> there it is. Uh, am I clean to share? Yes. Yeah. Are you clean to share? Well, I, I I can never like know what's actually on screen. I can just see like the small little window. I'm like, I don't know what's there. Um, okay, so yeah. So what actually happened uh, switching to Coda? I had a gap in Notion, and this is was another learning there because I was filling up the information inside Notion, and this really annoyed me because I thought I will stay in Coda, and this was a mistake. So right now, they will they will uh, keep pushing but I will carefully decide to do this next time. So what we see here is just a list of databases that I own here. And we have, for example, the software database right here. When I click there, we have a list of tools, right? So let's say we talked about Notion and what we have on top here, you already see referencing other databases. So when I click on Notion, I have now all the information about the videos that I made about Notion, videos other people made about Notion, people talking about Notion or Notion experts, you know, related, um, what is this? Related Toms. Oh, this is the, the second video in the base I'm working Don't on. Don't ask me, it's your space. <laughs> but, um, what I can do now, I can click here and now I'm in the videos database and I can click here and I say, okay, that's the best, best personal task manager 2020. 
And these are the softwares I mentioned inside this video. And um, yeah, I have the link to the video, I have the thumbnail, everything there, even the ClickUp task that was connected. So this gives me the power of switching between these two. So let's say um, I watch this one. So now we're in the video talking about Notion Room Research. I click here, I go to Rome Research. Now I have all the videos talking about Rome Research and uh, videos from other people, you know, talking about Rome Research using the Settle Custom method. Um, then we have the concept Settle Custom. I can click here and then I go to my concepts database. In there, I have the creator, Niklas Luhmann of the Settle Custom but he is now part of my people database. So I can click here and go to the people's database. This is this guy. And yeah, more details in, the, in this video, but you see how this connects. And now we have the backlinks as well. So I'm writing on a book. So I mentioned Settlecasten in there and it jumps to my book in this section where we're talking about Settlecasten and this guy and everything else like my ICO framework, uh, I click here, I jump to my masterclass talking about ICO framework and um, my ICO mastery course I'm working on, jumping there, I can go here and bam, I'm on my live stream or my last masterclass, things like that. Mm. So this is more or less uh, something like Rome Research and Obsidian does, but I have a lot more control over the navigation I'm going through this, if this makes any sense. So when yeah, I... I yeah. I think when it comes to, because what you've got there is exactly what I have in my space, in my Obsidian space. Um, the the biggest feature difference is obviously unlinked references, which Obsidian in Rome has and, uh, and Notion doesn't. But Notions, because they're, they're databases, they're, they're viewed much different to just a, a blank page of links all over the place. Yeah. And Obsidian in Rome looks much more Wikipedia style than sorted database style presentation, I think. So this is exactly the thing when I'm, um, let me see if I hear, compared to Rome Research, I can add here videos, upload videos, not just um, embedding. Then I can add GIF animations, uh, GIF animations and things like that. So creating workflows or work instructions makes much more fun inside Notion or is nicer to look at, I would say. and you referred now to Obsidian and Rome Research with the functionality of building up the cross-connection. Um, and this is where, you know, you have to decide how much of this cross-connection do you need. So when I say no, new node, and I take down a node and I talk about Notion, I just mentioning Notion. And then, you know, we start writing, we know all this. However, if I have a new tool, say any tool I don't know. Any tool you don't know. Oh, there are plenty. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. All the ones that come to mind are ones that. Oh, like, Google you Calendar. <laughs> air. Air. <laughs> Do you know about Air? Air. The podcast, the podcast like app. Okay, I don't know about Air. So I'm referring to Air now here, and it's not coming up. Well, it recommends me things. Why I'm coming up with Air, I don't know. But <laughs> it's just Air, what this guy is talking about. But yeah, iPad Air and so on. So it's not there. However, I could now say new inside software so i can add this word right while i'm writing inside my software database i can even click on this i mean this was not very strategic so i go there i click on this and 
I can add the information now about air. Go back and keep writing. So this is a completely different different way because I have it in a proper database. And now we come to an advantage. We have the graphs in Obsidian and Rome Research. But what I have with my databases is um, things like that. So I'm talking about iQua, input, control, output, refine. Bam. I have all my the software categorized by the different iCore. Obviously, I can do this with other things as well. Now I can you know, show what's my tools that I'm using in these different categories. And then I have the advantage, as we talked about, I click on Notion, and then I can navigate to the other information about this. I don't know what it is. It is a lot different, I would say, than using Obsidian or Rome Research. Um, I I, I would I would have agreed with you uh, about two months ago. <laughs> about two months ago, I would have completely agreed. Uh, but I think because I've been using Obsidian quite a lot recently, um, it's it is it is the same thing. It's just it looks drastically different uh, when it comes to navigation. I think the the big the big differences in in my mind when comparing things like Obsidian and Rome uh, to Notion is because Notion is a database, you have filtering and sorting of specific lists of stuff. Um, but then Obsidian has unlinked references and specifically Obsidian rather than Rome. There are, you can have multiple pages up at one time. So when I am working on something, for example, a YouTube script, uh, I can see all the unlinked references of all the words that I want. And when, when I'm making scripts, typically I'll have five or six other tabs open. So I'll have like the, the, the six things I'll be scrolling up and down of all of them whilst working on a script. Um, and they're more, well, some of them are YouTube videos. Some of them are just things that I like to explore when I'm exploring different ideas. And in Notion, obviously you can't do that unless you have multiple windows open and a big screen and it's all shrunk and yeah, it's just <laughs> not ideal, but it's a different use case. <clears throat> and, and the thing is, I, I think I understand what you mean there. You don't have to think a lot when you're working in Obsidian and Rome Research how to input information. Mm. Notion, you can very quickly think about, um, oh, I want to just quickly write something down, but should I put this in a database? Should I set something up and things? This is what I teach in Inner Circle as well. You know, you have to set your conventions. What is Notion for? And I, I see this friction as well. And this is why I also started using Obsidian on Rome Research. However, I realized that I'm building up information or adding a lot of information into Obsidian, Rome Research, which is then disconnected from, you know, let's write a book. And then I want to have this structured thing in Notion and leverage, leveraging the other thing. So um... <laughs> that Slack notification put you off. <laughs> yeah, there was the notification that somebody signed up to the inner circle. You, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is automated as, as well. It it blinks blue if somebody signs up. So um, where was I? Talking about Notion and Obsidian. Yeah, and I'm using Miro. Uh, yeah, Miro for my brain dump thing when I'm doing creative research. This is where I'm building all the concepts. Uh, I, I just published a video today showing in detail how I use Miro for that. And also now things, um, because I had this friction, I want to just quickly write something down. And this is what I mentioned before with the Remarkable and the Apple Notes. This is where I just quickly do something that I usually would do on paper. 
Um, but I always ended up going back to Notion. But going back to the initial trigger of this whole thing, it wasn't talking about Notion versus Obsidian from Research. Yeah. It was about Notion versus Coda. And I just showed how I use the databases. And the very last thing is the most important thing for me. If information is not in my database yet, very quickly I can add it on the go. In Coda, you have to go into this database. When you reference a database, you can only update it on one end, not on both ends. And things like this just made me realize there's so much, uh, it's, I'm so much more efficient using Notion. And this is the reason to answer your question why I went back to Notion. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's, it sounds like Miro is your, your brainstorming sort of Obsidian Rome sort of what what's the word scattered brain <laughs> the, the scattered brain of ideas whereas notion or encoder in that sense is is more of a, a collection of thoughts and refined ideas maybe um and yeah. yeah like like you say notion notions capture isn't the best but it's better than coda uh yes well you can what i had in coda for example when we talk about uh youtube databases so I see that actually Tools on Tech is there. Bas, welcome to the show. Uh, we talked about this in the interview that we just published last week. Was it last week? Doesn't matter. And we talked about exactly this, adding the YouTube database. And this is also what I talked about in the video, Coda versus Notion, that we have a lot of advantages using Coda with the packs and that it pulls the information of uh, thumbnails and so on. But this is also possible in Notion now. And now I think we go into the API thing. Yes. Yes. I will quickly address Yusuf's question. Craft, you'll know the answer. I have no idea. No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think it did, but. No, it doesn't. The, yeah. And people complain that it is only for Apple. Uh, if you didn't hear about it, it is now available as web access. So you can use Craft like you can use Notion. Yeah. Yeah, I heard Clubhouse as well as uh, move to Android as well. I'm not on that. Not who on that bandwidth. Who is Android? <laughs> <laughs> I speak Android as well, back and forth, because I like the freedom that I can do whatever I want with my smartphone, but I hate it that it just breaks at some point, <laughs> uh, the software, and... Let's face it, the the widgets and all this, there's not much love when you compare it to the versions that you get on iOS. I can't give an opinion. I don't I've never owned oh, anything. No, I triggered some some things, uh, some <laughs> ranting here, but you know. I've never owned anything Apple. Uh, a Mac, an iPhone, a i anything, just haven't. Um Pauli's like in your uh, your Notion database. How long it took you to get there, and what is the main piece of advice for anyone who wants to get to that degree of personalization? I'm assuming that's within Notion specifically. Um, I will publish an online course about exactly how to set up these databases. I plan to do I publish it this week, um, but I might run out of time, so it will be next weekend. However, tomorrow I will show you what I just showed there. On my YouTube channel, how I set these up or how I'm using this databases, and once you get it, it goes very uh, easy. You set up one database like for people, and then uh, you make another one with quotes, for example, and then you connect these with each other. And once you understand how this works, you will start 
doing this fluently. You can mess up very quickly as well, building too many databases. This is another thing. You can really overcomplicate things in Notion. This is this Obsidian and Rome research takes this away from you. You always have the same way input and how you get it out then again. It's it's funny you said that. I mean, I did, so uh, this is something I'm exploring. Well, TikTok is a platform I'm exploring when sharing just really quick snippets of things because I prefer video. And something that uh, I shared, I think it was yesterday or the day before, was overthinking the idea that for there to be overthinking, there's normal thinking and underthinking. Uh, and someone said in the comment section, uh, I was having a discussion, you're overthinking, overthinking. I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I'm overthinking the idea of overthinking, and I think it's the same with Notion. You can, you, you can overthink. You can, you can over database a database if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, this is what I call being busy instead of being productive. You can take the whole day watching productivity videos, trying to set up your databases, but never get anything done. And the issue is, you always feel satisfied. Oh, this is the next shiny object syndrome. I have a productivity guide about this as well. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know Darius as well? We're talking on Twitter, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Darius. Yeah. Darius, yeah. So, we just were talking about, um, because I, in, the, in the recent video about Miro, I talked about lessons learned. And the issue with lessons learned is that people finish projects, then they make a lessons learned section, and it just maybe gets sent out via email. And so what? And the next project starts and everybody starts from scratch. Maybe you have a new project leader and so on. And it is so annoying because if you set this up right, you have a signal source of truth and where you just like I showed with connection of databases. I'm sure we could be so much more powerful as humanity in general, um, leveraging these, these new tools. Now we go yeah. down the rabbit hole there. I was going to say, there's a, there's a big rabbit hole there. I think I think it was Vsauce did a video on reasoning or the future of reasoning. It's it's quite a long video. Um, brought up some amazing topics. Uh, definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it, anyone that's watching or obviously yourself. Um, and he brought, he brought up the idea or brings up the idea of uh, collective thought because essentially we're all the same, the same race, the same thing, we're the same people trying to develop in one way. And we all have a, a central knowledge base which is humanity <laughs> what we know yeah. uh, google is probably the best example of that in tech yeah so uh swarm intelligence the borg mm. upon things like that with brian chengs i talked about in, in the interview as well you know he's the obsidian expert there and or one of these and yeah. um we talked about how would it be connecting the vaults of obsidian so you can access other people's walls and i said yeah we will just have wikipedia yeah i mean in the end of that day we just building our own wikipedias it is so funny and i like it because it is much like being the architect in notion building your own wikipedia you're building up a knowledge base that is really related to what you think about or what you actually need instead of having everything in one place yeah, and that argument, because I, I spoke with Brian as well about that, and the argument of trying to combine different people's personal knowledge bases, I'm like, yeah, but why? It would be the same as Google. 
you'd it'd be literally the same thing as Google. You'd search someone else's knowledge base for something you don't know. That's literally what Google is. <laughs> yeah, but thinking about companies, uh, you know, you have you connect in vaults, but maybe still be in one uh, mm -hmm. relation. So you have your personal vault where you are the single meta expert in a team and you have your vault, which is really related to your stuff. But then you can connect to other teams information and leverage from this. Um, I think to a certain extent, it really makes sense. As I said, if you have Wikipedia or Google, everything is just one one thing that you can connect. But yeah. The ability to filter out some of the stuff you don't necessarily need, whether that's the minimalism, digital minimalism, or essentialism, or whatever other ism word you want to put on it. <laughs> yeah, but let's stay in Obsidian. When I have the graph and I can make uh, tag groups in there and you know visualize them by color, things like that. So I could set up a team, and I'm an expert in something, and you get just a certain list of tags that will just take certain parts of the brain that you build up there. Ah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and Torin, yes, yes, it is. Uh, not overthinking is Ali, or is the name of Ali's uh, podcast. I, I sort of listen to it, but it tends to be a lot of rambling for me. My per personal opinion anyway, but hey, ho. Um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts, though. <laughs> what, what, what about you? Do you? Are you a big podcast listener? Yes. But not, Any... nothing, nothing about productivity, to be honest. I have, I have one or two productivity podcasts I'm listening to, my own. <laughs> and That's because you're a part of it. That another one, which is productivity. What is it? Asian productivity, it's called, I think. That's very hmm. interesting. They do a good job there as well. But then I usually listen only to business podcasts a lot. How to build a business, uh, entrepreneurship, and all these things. And I love podcasts um, yeah. in the car. And I think, <laughs> this is, you know, we talked about this already. Does it make sense to send something like this to YouTube? And I can just confirm YouTube doesn't like my interviews um, all the time. But... I still want to provide this because the few hundred watching this, they really like what is there. So why not providing this? So Exactly. I think it's a, what is it? Minimal viable audience. I think Seth terms it as, I'm not sure whether it came from Seth. I just remember him saying it at some point. Uh, okay. but, yeah. Have you not heard that term before? Minimal, minimal viable audience. I think that's what it is. No, it's just no MVP, but not audience. Huh. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so it's it's been almost forty minutes. Notion API, Notion yeah. API. They've released it. Now that everybody le left already, now we can <laughs> talk about the main topic. Well, that that wasn't the topic of the stream. That's not why I wanted you to come here. Um, so and I, I, do I was just watching Jonathan's video about Notion automations. And we had already something that integrates with Sapia, and I was using this, or I tried. Um, and then I was excited that finally we get public access to API, and I just went into there and made a simple Sapia integration, which is whenever a new YouTube video is published on my channel, just add a new item to the database. Okay, and it ended there 
that I wasn't able to add a file attachment, which would be the thumbnail, which would be the link of the thumbnail. And then I thought, what have you been doing all the time? I mean, it was... Uh, uh. Well, I mean, it's it's there. It started. I mean, I think they've termed it as a, a public beta API. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not finished. It's not a, a, a finished, technically finished product release. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, there are... I, I'm going to say this. The reason it, I didn't do... Basic, yeah. Sorry? It is basic. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, the reason I didn't didn't do and haven't done yet a video on the Notion API is because it's not actually a release. Yeah. And there are, I see more limitations than, than help. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was ready, you know, to create a video and say, I will be before, I will publish before Danny. And now it's just waiting until the re-release comes because this is not enough. This is, this is really, yeah, but I have hope at least there are some automations and I could still use it. And this was really the biggest downside uh, was this. I will just show a picture. Again, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, there were lots of creators that were I knew there were going to be loads of people that posted videos. Like August was going to post one. Red's probably going to post one at the weekend. Uh, Francesco's obviously going to get one. Thomas Frank on his second channel is obviously going to, I think he's already put one out. Um, and I knew there were going to be loads of people giving you the basics of a Notion API. So why would I do another video? Yeah, you just listed a few. <laughs> you just listed the names who are Notion powered, empowered, or how do you call it? <laughs> so of course you expect being a video there, hyping something that is basic for any other new tool coming out like ClickUp or Coda, things like that. So. Um, yeah, I just can I share my screen again? I yeah, just you, you didn't have to take it off. I was gonna just stop sharing, but as I went to click the button, you just stopped sharing entirely. Yeah, okay, <laughs> there we go. I'm sharing right. now. So, um, if you're in inner circle, but you get this for free as well in this iCore. Oh, I, <laughs> I have to download my own book. Um, so this is a free guide through the iCore framework. And in there, I have a picture that I just want to show, which is this one. Let's zoom in. And talking about Notion, you can use Notion for task management, for example. And I just compare it to a screwdriver and a nail, for example. You can get it into the wall somehow. <laughs> And then I also were talking about using Notion and ClickUp versus using only ClickUp or only Notion. And looking at this, input is okay, but control is very strong in Notion. But output and refine, refine refers more, uh, to workflow automation, for example, is not that good. So I replaced this part with ClickUp. And the disconnection between these, I think it's not in this uh, guide, but the disconnection between these is this. So I mm -hmm. set up a database with my YouTube videos and I have an idea of a new video. I put it in there and then I have to bring it into ClickUp so my team can work on this and have the advantage of using ClickUp. And this is really the disconnection where I was hoping API will get rid of this bottleneck here. But still, I'm using, I'm okay with this bottleneck because the overall power using the combination of tools is still more than using only one tool for everything. On the yeah. other, 
no using ClickUp, using it for control. They claim that they have they they have docs and databases, but this is a joke compared to Notion. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to, I think you've spoken with Layla as well. I've spoken with uh, Yvonne as well, both of them ClickUp consultants. And they've said that ClickUp docs are not quite, um, not quite Notion standard. <laughs> not really. I don't know. I don't know why they want to be in this situation. So why they're, 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 they were the all-in-one app. Yeah. And this is why I like Todoist. I was joking about this with the CEO from Todoist. They really focus on one thing. It's a task list to dig off boxes. But yep. they also focus on integrations with other tools. So why can't we work all together and say Notion is the greatest knowledge management database. Let's connect it with all the other tools that do other things better. No, they add a timeline thing instead of focusing on the API, for example. But yeah, that's a personal rant here. So how do I stop sharing then? Uh, I, would I would just take it off screen. There yeah. you go. Okay, good. Sorted. Well done. Um, yeah, so I can still see it, so I can add it back whenever whenever you want to. Oh. Um, so on, on, on the point of the API, I'm curious, because lots of people wanted uh, the API for a Google Calendar integration. But it's a one-way sync, and from my understanding, you can't delete anything either. You have to, like, manually go do that. There's not a... I take it off of Notion, it goes oh, off the account. I, I forgot, if, uh, I've not forgot, I missed the beginning of the sentence. My brain was somewhere <laughs> else. Uh, yeah, so the, the Notion to Google Calendar, the, ah, the, okay. yeah. the integration between the two. Uh, yeah. And from my understanding and my limited research, because I've actively chosen not to explore it, uh, is that you can add something from like Notion to GCal, but when you remove it, you have to manually remove it because it's a one-way sync, not two. Yeah, and this is a general problem with uh, Sapia integration and things like that. So this is why, yeah, maybe you can share the screen again, sorry, because <laughs> it is just there. Yep. There we go. Plexi, for example. They ensure, I mean, to do is they have already a two-way synchronization into Google, uh, into the Google Calendar, but you have tools like Plexi that allows you to overcome this. So you really have a two-way synchronization. And building things like this inside Sapia or Automator or Integromat or whatever, um, I never got it to work that when you delete it on one end, that it deletes it on the other end. I mean, you can do this, but there are so many um, actions going on and you're paying for this as well, isn't it? So Plexi works on two-way synchronization and either you have a direct uh, integration like Todoist or I don't use it at all. And I just, I'm just saying this because I was using Asana here instead of ClickUp before I switched to ClickUp. And Asana had no two-way synchronization to Google Calendar. But how I overcame this, I synced Asana with Todoist via Plexi and Todoist integrated into my Google Calendar. So two-way synchronization with Asana and Google Calendar with Todoist just in between. You don't even have to use Todoist, just having something in between to help you overcome this. So you were using an app to do the two-way sync for you. <laughs> yeah. Should I hire somebody or what? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I'm going to stop sharing now. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think when it comes to the 
the choice of using an app. This is something I've um, I've been exploring recently, sort of in my own in my own thought process, own, own thought bubbles, uh, squirrel sessions. Uh, is the idea of minimalism, essentialism, digital minimalism, the rest of it saying yes is saying no, and lots and lots and lots of other productivity theory uh, and going round and round in circles and looking at lots of different tools, looking at different things that you can use. Obviously, I, I'm like the Clubhouse and Android, are you using it yet? No. Uh, Notion API, are you using that? No, I, I don't need it. There's no friction point. There's, there's no reason to have a look at it. Uh, and as soon as I saw Notion's API, I thought, does it solve a friction point? No, <laughs> it actually adds a friction point if I was to use it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think Torin said something, said something similar, putting off Notion for quite a while. And they're doing they're doing too much in just one app rather than specializing. Yeah. When it comes to specializing for Notion, what do you think that is? Just database knowledge management. Yeah, that's what I say all the time. I'm not using it for project management, but I mentioned in the beginning of our call here that I'm thinking about getting my team for video editing into Notion, and this has a simple reason because. If I'm planning out the videos for two videos per week and I'm listing them up, they know what needs to be edited next. And I just do it as quickly as possible. So this means they have their, and this is again, that comes down to uh, accountability and responsibility that you need to define this in your team. Okay, my video editor is responsible to get the video uh, edited. All right. So he knows that he only needs to get go into the video database, look if there are any new videos lined up and work on this. And there's a link to the Dropbox folder with the raw data and he can work on this. And that's it. As long as he doesn't need to work on different things, as, as soon as it becomes more complex and he would also work on, I don't know, courses and things like that, this becomes more complicated because then I would need to prioritize and he needs to see something like this and then list it task by due dates and all this, it messes it up, up. But as long as I have people only working on one thing, I can put them into Notion, into a database and say, whenever there's a new item, work on this item. Yeah. So, so if you are going to move them or potentially move them in there, I'm assuming the tasks would stay in ClickUp? Yeah, well, this is, this is really the thing because I thought let's keep the task in there. And then there was the moment when I was looking into API where I thought, okay, let's work inside ClickUp on this and then move it over to Notion. But in the end of the day, what do I do inside ClickUp for this process? There are other things that I do in the paperless movement that needs more complex back and forth with commenting, for example, and referencing and assigning people to this. But for my video editor, he edits once, I give a comment and then he edits a second time and that's it. We don't do any back and forth. For other things, writing content and book or new courses and things like that, there's a lot back and forth. So I can assign people. It really depends on what you need it for. So um, going back to the single source of truth convention, I would prefer to have one database. As soon as I need to set up you know, the, the encoder as well. The goal was always to have the idea of the video inside the database. Then it became becomes a proper video I'm recording. It goes through the different steps. Then uh, 
everybody saw my pencil. Tom, why do you have a pencil? Paperless movement guy. I really not prepared today. It's a, it's a stack of paper away, right? Yeah. So uh, th you this really start seeing the tree in the background. Yeah. So I would love to get to the point where we go through the process, recording, editing, and publishing. And as soon as published, just add the link of the published video to the thing. And the task database becomes the knowledge management database on its own, filling up the finished tasks with the videos that are published already. You know what I mean? I have now I have a notion uh, videos database. So I can quickly go through this and have the tags applied and see, you know, I, I'm searching for a certain, for example, exactly this thing. Why do I have it in Notion? Because I look into my software database, go to Notion and see all the videos related to Notion. So whenever I need Notion videos from my YouTube channel, I have one click to find it. This won't work if I keep it in ClickUp, but <laughs> duplicated information is really something I don't like. So I rather mm. delete one, so once we finish it there, it gets archived or deleted and it only stays in the other database. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that, that balance, finding a balance between them. And don't uh, make your team members insane. That's the thing. If you're working on your own, that's fine. Oh, Darius is now here. I know that something will come here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you're working in a team, make sure they know what's going on. Don't suddenly just blast your way around an application and say, we're going to do this now yeah doesn't work sure uh, yeah so uh darius has joined us he's probably listening in the background um uh, so tom what you just described with your video team why don't you do this within todoist interesting you can prioritize link to dropbox comment tag people etc i'm not doing this in todoist and i have to say that the ceo of raven the raven scanners they are using todoist to run their their company tasks so it works, but to me, to do is really a personal task manager, and it's too limited uh, to add rich information. So ClickUp is giving me more options there that I can add rich content, and yes, I can link to Dropbox, of course, but it is a different way how I manage manage this in ClickUp rather than Todoist. So, what feature would you want to see in Todoist before you move your stuff over there? I don't want. To do is to change. I was already annoyed that they added the board feature. I don't need this. I was already worried that they go down the line and add now, don't know, document features and things like that. So do, you, do good, you think it's a good point what Darius brought up here because I'm building up single source of truth in, in uh, for my clients as well. And there's as well, people overcomplicated. They have already, of course, especially in bigger companies, they already have a whole stack of different platforms where they have information all over the place. And now I come in and say, now let's do a single source of truth. This doesn't mean what so many people think that we shut down everything now. It is enough that we have a single source of truth everybody is looking at and that the information is just linked that is on other platforms. But bringing everything together in one place with the same context is the it's the key message here. So Darius is absolutely right there um, that this is a good point. Mm. So if, if it's not a feature that Todoist is struggling with, is it just the the the, the different views that ClickUp has that Todoist doesn't? I, I'm trying to work out what the, the, the main like physical, practical, functional differences between ClickUp and Todoist and your choice between the two. 
Yeah, to be honest, to be honest, I'm really thinking about is ClickUp overkill for what I actually need. And Todoist is certainly on my list as well as an alternative to get my team only on Todoist. And another thing that I was looking into was monday.com as well. Um, just things are more basic. Or even going back to Asana, where I left Asana because it was limiting. But in the end of the day, people love structures. And ClickUp is still confusing to people. They do now a great job with the home button. And if you point people to the right directions, Leila does a great job describing all this. And um, then it works. But it needs training. It's not you go in there and everything is right. So, yeah, I still love automations and integrations and a bit more complexity. This is the reason why I stay in ClickUp. <laughs> Yeah, I can't say anything more. I just he just uh, scratched the itch. No, he did, he didn't scratch it. He just surfaced the itch <laughs> <laughs> that I actually have simplification of things. So that, that's an interesting point. So the con do you are you aware of the concept of sunk costs? I don't care about costs. That sounds stupid, Tom. You're <laughs> earning too much, isn't it? I say no. As long as I have a return of investment there, when I'm, or, or did I misunderstand you? No. So, so the the idea of sunk costs is the 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 more you put into something, uh, the less likely you are to to leave it essentially. So when you do a degree for three five years, uh, it's hard to just sort of give it up and not do it. Or when you spend loads of money on something or spend loads of time on something, it's harder to go. I'm going to leave this now because you put all of this time, you sunk your costs, you sunk your time, your money, whatever oh, into it and you don't want to leave it. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a little bit of that with ClickUp. You're like, oh. but I've, I built this, I've done this, I've got these things. Or is it just a... We, we just talked about this already in the call here. When you think about switching from Notion to Coda and how mm. annoyed I was the losing the data inside Notion and now I have a mess and mm. going with the team back and forth. So because we are in a process, we're publishing two videos per week now, and we're in a process. As soon as I start switching tools, this really hurts everything. So this really needs to be thought through and make sense. And then you have to set up new SOPs. Obviously, this is goes into the direction that you just mentioned, uh, that we have already workflows. Only you know, just the screen recordings where I explain how we use it. You have to do this all from scratch. So obviously there's a friction point to switch tools later on. Yeah. And do you think because you've been using tools for so long, it's harder for you to switch your whole team? Do you reckon that's a... No, it's hard for me to stay in one tool, obviously, because right. I'm a creative. I'm not the integrator. I'm next shiny object thing. So yeah, it's hard for me to stay. As soon, okay. as soon as a new tool says, you know, when Notion comes up and says, now we have recurring tasks or we have a proper team management thing or what, then I will have a hard time to stay where I am. But I'm consistently thinking about, can I improve things or not? Is there, it's, it's never change a running system. And th there's nothing more true when it comes to productivity systems and team management. When you're ready, even if it is running bad, you can, you really have to be careful what you change and that you don't change more than one uh, part at a time to see really what effect you have. 
in our minds, our, our systems always look beautiful. But once you get started and a team is involved and, you know, there's 90% of the people don't care about your processes and don't fancy any automations, they even get scared of their jobs when you start doing automation, things like that. It is a complete different dynamic there. I can't remember who said it. I was listening to something earlier uh, and they were saying that what, what you think, I think it was, I think it's Mark, Mark, maybe oh, I can't remember. Um, I'm awful with names, but they were saying that what you think, so what is in your imagination is far better than what is in real life. What actually happens that the idea of something is much nicer than the actual practical application of something, which I think is quite true when it comes to the the process and workflows of a lot of things. You think, Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be really good. Yeah, actually, actually applying it. This is especially the. This is especially true when it comes to setting up productivity systems. Trust me, I'm I was and I'm still, fancy building up new systems, going into Notion and say, okay, I will become so productive doing whatever other people recommend on my own system, and the issue is that we even add friction points that gives us where we need a lot of energy in order to maintain the productivity system with all the bells and whistles that we added there. And we don't have issue maybe the first week or two weeks adding all this tags and priorities and all this. And then after two weeks, you realize, oh my God, it's too much. So Layla already said it in, in her one of her videos where she said, it's always easier to add things than to remove things. So this is the same way when I talk uh, work with my clients, we started the basics. We talk about what workflows do you have in place? What business processes do you have? And then we pick, I had one client, he said, implement ClickUp for me. Okay. But before we do that, what are your business processes? I don't know. And you know, 90% of people don't know. It's no problem. But this is what you, people have in mind. They need ClickUp and everything will be better. And it will actually be worse afterwards because you have to get your team and so on. So what we did, we went into Miro and mapped out his business processes, workflows, and all this. And once we finished, it was uh, six different parts that we could optimize. Customer service, uh, client, um, I don't know, uh, lead generation, and so many parts that we had there. And I said, okay, now you see we have six parts. Now pick one. And we bring this into ClickUp and we start with this and then only use uh, seven clients instead of all of them. And then, you know, they get excited adding all everything in there. <sighs> really step by step once you step, especially when you never used the system before. This is really difficult. And the other uh, things that I have seen, um, Asana, so I'm an Asana certified pro, uh, implementing Asana, so many times Asana gets implemented by their salespeople going into uh, uh, companies, in big companies, and they have no idea how these processes work there. You need to have people inside the company hyping this product, knowing the processes and things like that. They just go through the, through the book and say, look, this is your priority. This is your due date. And they have no idea how cross department work works. And okay. That's a, another rabbit hole there. <laughs> yeah, but I completely agreed. Yeah, knowing, knowing why, no, knowing, I mean, I spoke about that. I think it was last week when I was talking to Kehi, knowing why, why are you doing it? <laughs> why do you need this? Yeah, exactly. 
I, I am curious when it comes to the the essentialism idea, the idea of minimalism and, and saying yes and no. I was going to ask, how do you say no to an app? But I think a, a more appropriate question is, do you say no to exploring an app? Well, especially in the in the circuit community, I get uh, recommendations all the time. Things I never heard of. I'm always surprised that there are still so many things I don't know. And of course, I could just dive into this, but it gives me the freedom that I have now the weekly meetups where I say, okay, I have the live course for my members. In there, we will talk about these tools. I will just look at them and things like that. So there's a time and place where I can talk about this. Then as soon as something like this comes up, it goes into my knowledge database in Notion. And when somebody from my inner circle members talk to me on a call, this goes into the people database connected to this app. So later on, when I have a call again, I know exactly, you know, these are things that I get rid out of my mind and know I can forget now about this. Another thing that we forgot to talk about, uh, I forgot to talk about or to mention is Evernote. I'm still using Evernote. And this is a, this is something very interesting you should talk about as well. What, I want to know what you think about that. Um, so I'm using Evernote as my brain and as my document dump. So uh, right. Apple Notes, for example, is my brain dump app. So if I have something that I need to get out very quickly, it goes into Apple Notes and then I have to process it later. Evernote is my document dump because it is connected to my Raven scanners. I scan my document in there. There's no structure. There's no text, no nothing. It is just going in there because I know it has a great search function. I will find it eventually later. I could go in there and add structure, but this gives me too much friction. If I really have important contracts or something like that, it goes into Notion actually, where I have uh, a structure again for very important documents, which is maybe stupid to do, adding something like to Notion with the <laughs> unsecured thing. But in the end of the day, well, you can pay the taxes for me. It's no problem if you find the documents paid. So yeah, no. Uh, so, and then the question I had for you, how do you, what do you think about when you read on Twitter? Um, I switched from Evernote to Notion. It's so much better. I, you know, I hate Evernote so much and Notion gives me so much more freedom. Just knowing what I just talked about, what I'm using Evernote for. You, you've set me up for, for a lose-lose right now. <laughs> uh, my, my initial thought uh, is, if that's your opinion, great. <laughs> um, if if that's what you think, great. But uh, wait, wait like two two months of application and and then actually give an opinion rather than I think a lot of people rush to give an opinion on an application or a use of an application. They'll they'll use it for a week, two weeks, maybe even a month, um, and go, this is amazing. And then like two months later, they go, actually, there's loads of issues yeah. with this. Or I can't find this, can't find that. Um, I think Evernote has its use case. Evernote has its use. Notion has its use. Uh, so comparing applications is very hard without knowing the person or people, because I know some people use Evernote and that's all they need. I mean, e even even myself, like looking at how I'm using Obsidian, a lot of the things I use Obsidian for, I could use Evernote for. I choose yeah. not to because there are things that I can do in Obsidian that I can't do in Evernote. Um, so there are small things with some notes that I want the features for. 
but a lot of them I could I could use Evernote for. I could use Notion for a lot of what I'm doing, but there are some things I do in Obsidian that I just can't do in Notion, which is the being able to have multiple pages open at once, which is like I use that a lot. Uh, so it's I wouldn't say that there, I have a, a bias towards one or against another. Yeah. But yeah, I, I try to reserve my opinion on an application until I, I know specifically what the person wants. But when I first see that, I'm just like, stop. Exactly. You just, you just pointed out until you understand what the person actually wants or what the person needs this tool for, because this is what I wanted to get to. If people say I switched from Evernote to Notion and it's great. These are obviously people not using it for document scanning because you mm. cannot scan your documents to Notion oh, yeah. directly with your cloud scanner. So this is no point for me. I could now go into this uh, conversation and say, no, Evernote is better than Notion without giving any reason. And fight starts without any reason. And this is what really annoys me when people say, what's the best note-taking app? I could always say that when you watch my videos, there's so All much in the, in the title, I say best note-taking app. And then I explain why this is the best note-taking app for this specific use case. For in sure. my opinion, and this might change. People say, Tom, six months ago, you were using Node.js. Now you're using Apple Notes. What's happening with you? I, I'm, I have to switch tools now. No, you don't have switch tools. If you're happy with Node.js, stay with Node.js. <laughs> I just keep people updated and explain reasons why I switched. Uh, but it made, might doesn't make sense to switch. Yeah, uh, another uh, rabbit hole there. Context matters. Those two words, context yeah, matters. Thank you. Love this. Sorry, I love this. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does. I mean, context is something that um, I've. So, with with my undergraduate degree in sports coaching, there is a, a definition of effective coaching, uh, and I'm not going to recite it because no one really cares. I could if you wanted to, but right at the end, in a specific coaching context, because all of the other stuff that's mentioned in this effective coaching is really, really important. And there's loads of theory, articles, research, blah, 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 but in specific context. And a lot of coaches just overlook that last last two words, coaching context. So it's got to be in coaching and the context. What sport are you in? What age group are you in? What gender, sex, demographic, country are you in? If you don't have an understanding of the context, the rest of it doesn't matter. Uh, and it's something that, so chess is something, a game that I quite enjoy. Uh, and I've, so the, the Queen's Gambit didn't push me back into it. I started getting interested. And then John and I did a, a chess stream like a while ago. We played each other on stream. That was good fun. Um, and he lost, just saying, just, just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but we, we've been playing. And something that one of the chess creators, I watched Gotham Chess, something that he said re resonated with me, but not for a chess, like, purpose was the idea of general general principles he was saying that a lot of chess coaches say don't do this don't do that don't do this in this amount of moves so an example was don't move your queen too early in chess mm. and it resonated with me because a lot of people in the productivity self-help self-development space give you overarching things have a growth mindset when, where, why, how, towards what? It's this big overarching statement, but you're like, there's no context on it. Yeah. I you always say, I always say productivity, you know, you can produce shit. And this is productive. It, it, productivity doesn't tell 
what you actually produce, how much you produce there, it just tells that you produce something. And this is why I focus much more on efficiency. So I can help you to produce even more shit. If this is what you want to have, I can help you with this, but I cannot help you to make you, well, I can help you to make you more productive. I go down there again, (laughs) more productive overall, but how do you become more productive? Yeah, increase your efficiency. And this, this is so broad, everything, you know, when talk, people talk about this productivity. Oh, yeah. This was so there was a video I watched. Um, I think it was like a half hour video. She was having a little bit of a rant. It was a little bit of a, a political rant with uh, productivity being the, I don't know, the scapegoat, maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, but she made some really interesting points. This is what I do when when I'm researching, I won't just research what I agree with because confirmation bias. So I saw the title of the video. I was like, I disagree with that. First three minutes, she had really irritated me with a lot of things she had said. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to listen. And she brought up an interesting point. And she was saying that productivity are potentially our our perception of productivity is related to work, Uh, work and success, like work more hours, you will be more successful, you've been more productive. Uh, And the point she raised was that people in third world countries work way more than people in first world countries, way more hours, physical labor, whatever the work happened to be. Um, But they're not successful in the same way we would see success. I was like, context. (laughs) <laughs> yeah talking about context matters just switch to sharing my screen again just yep. to show how i do this now okay of, of course Danny hatcher is in my people starter base and you have the okay. quote section and i really like this so con con context c-o-n-t-e-x-t i can't see that because on my screen it's like really small because i've got everything else up <laughs> so obviously uh this is not in the quote section yet. One click and it is in there. And I really like it. No, it could Sorry. take notes, uh, notes related to that live stream. So I'm I'm curious then. Um, I, am I good to shop, Sharon? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. When it, when it comes to grabbing a note like that, what do you do with it? What I do with that? Yeah, what would you do with it? Like you've, yeah, you've that, that's the question of resurfacing information, isn't it? Yeah. So where do you where do you think potential? I mean, you probably don't know what's going to happen with it. Same with my notes. I don't really know what's going to happen. I just take it. Um, do you think is that going to become an article, a video, just a concept? You expand. Like, what what do you expect? Guess will happen to it. Not yeah, just that note because it's me, but every note in general. <laughs> Yeah, you just mentioned uh, you're seeking for confirmation and, you know, um, when you're researching. And this is just filling up information that I collect for, in this case, about a person. So whenever I go into Danny Hatcher's database, I will find information that I collected about this person. And in this moment, I will resurface the information in context to what it was actually. <clears throat> it is it is always it is kind of a folder structure when we see it co- compared to text structure um i have the f- the main folder danny hatcher then and in the subfolders quotes and and whatever um but at the same time it is still a flat uh, or n- non-hierarchical structure 
Yeah. It's uh, really interesting. I like the questions that you ask. I have no full answer to this, but this is what I'm yeah, trying to get into the book. And it will certainly take some time to get this done. Yeah, I, uh, I think the live stream two weeks ago uh, was about note taking. So I did a bit of a, it was a little bit of a, a lonely rant. <laughs> I, I was I was airing some thoughts uh, and everyone else was sort of like contributing to the conversation. And it was the idea that a lot of note taking. So I did a video on an unhealthy note taking uh, and you can, we can take notes and then we're worried, oh, have I used that note? How do I use that note? Do I need to use that note? Should I note this down? Shouldn't I note this down? Uh, and it, a lot of anxiety could yeah. be brought brought to the surface with notes. Like, yeah. am I taking too many? Am I not taking enough? And all these sorts of questions. Um, so is, is there an answer? I don't think so. Exactly what happened when I started Incorporate eight years ago. And big company working on six different projects at the same time, a lot of cross department and global information so many different people I had to collect and I had one notebook paper notebook writing it down what a mess then i started <laughs> carrying around six paper notebooks with me each for each project but then i had two projects where i thought oh there's overlapping information let's see where it was so i could now start with settle customers or something like that but in the end of the day you have to work in a project so you're not i'm not a creative author trying to write a book collecting information i need to get things done and this was the the back and forth and i just realized i was still one of the most productive guys finding the information when it was needed by highlighting text post-its and things like that and then i started using the ipad and everything became searchable so this is for so many people the reason to start with a conversion to paperless using an ipad uh, handwriting note-taking app and at least you can search for the information if you're looking for something but the context is missing and the database that I just show is bringing all this into a database and I tell you what I at one point I just stopped taking notes I thought I rather miss and forget the information instead of just wildly writing something down yes we can argue about that that research tells us that when you handwrite that we keep it in mind again but come on i have six projects in the day business i'm running two teams in a daily job i have my paperless movement i have private projects this works and now we come back to notion when people say why do we have an issue with recurring tasks you can just untick the boxes the next day oh yeah sure that's what i would do obviously you can do if you have a very strict forward daily routine with a few things that you have to do any day um, but as soon as it becomes more complex you need to level up your systems yeah so i've just i was using notion i was using recurring tasks uh, and i've moved i've moved to todoist i did a while ago now i, I was testing out lots of different apps um and there are lots of small reminders that I had in Notion. And I've just gone into my uh, Todoist to see how many I've got. I have, what's that, seven, nine, that's 16. I have 32 recurring tasks in my Todoist. And Jonathan um, asked me in his interview with me, why do you need a recurring task at all? <laughs> so why? And then I said, well, maybe once a month I want to check my goals. I hmm. won't go to the goals page. And then, you know, you know, Jonathan, Jonathan, we go down the, the the rabbit hole with why do you know, need goals at all and things like that. So yeah, 
Have a discussion here. Yeah. So 36 uh, recurring tasks, 36 in Todoist. For what? I mean, this is the other extreme. Hmm. I mean, to be to be fair, like some of those are medication and reminding myself to actually take the medication for my eye. So that's okay. some of them. But a lot of them are, are small things that it's not necessarily a I'm going to forget to do them. It's a if I don't do the if if I don't give myself a reminder at that time, it may be later on. Uh, and in my in my uh, I think plain productivity video where I show my system like morning water. If I don't remind myself in the morning to drink water, I will go the majority of the day. I'm like, oh, I haven't drunk anything. I'm drinking too less as well. So I'm filling up this. So if I go into my office and this is empty, I know I have to fill it up and it needs to be empty end of the day. And what you're talking about is a habit tracker, isn't it? Hmm. So you're using Todoist for habit tracking. Uh Yes, but I don't. I don't like the word tracking because I I do not care as to what happened in the past when it comes to my habits. I've either done them or I haven't done them. If I if I did them, I great. If I didn't, again, great. Doesn't matter. It's what's happening now. Have I done it today? Yes, done. <laughs> yeah, but even this, I try to automate as as fast uh, as much as possible. For example get on the on the balance uh, every day and you know let's let me see how fat i become oh the scales yeah, so, uh, the scales sorry not the balance uh so as soon as i get there i it is via bluetooth updates my database <laughs> and it will update the habit tracker that i was on there so in the end of the day i know that i did it and i i try or 10,000 10, steps a day or something like that. These things you can automate. And I rather like automatic tracking instead of writing that I'm really, I would never do this. I, I always forget ticking boxes or whatever when it comes to these habit, call it whatever you like. And it's the same with time tracking. I'm in, I'm really interested actually in historical data. So you might don't care. I'm a, da a data nerd. And I'm really digging into this and looking at my rescue time, automatic tracking, seeing what I have done all the time. Um, this is satisf satisfying. And I know many people will say, oh, Tom, you let yourself track where you're going because I'm using gyroscope on iPhone. So there's everything tracked about me. So I'm, I'm you know. I know where I was all the time and, and things like that. So in times of COVID, I was on one place. For one. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, carry on. Sorry. Is there such a thing as too much tracking? Yeah, if you do it manually, I think as well. Uh, this is the same like these all these habits like uh, daily journaling. I have to write down daily journal. No, I don't. This pressure that people put on themselves, I think, is really, it is enlightening for many people. And, I, you know, if people are doing it this way, that's fine. But don't force me to do it. I'm using day one, for example, uh, for my daily journaling. And this is, again, I'm I'm providing the digital journal that you can use inside a handwriting note-taking app where you can write down and people buy this from me. And then I get on a call with them and they say, so Tom, how do you use it in your life? And I say, I don't use it. You're selling a product and you're not using it your own. And said, no, I'm providing you a solution that you were asking for. 
but it doesn't mean that I'm using it. For, for, for you, this is fine because it just replicates paper-based journaling, nothing else. It becomes searchable, but that's it. But uh, having day one, and the issue is I just have a fresh install of my Mac, so I can't share it now. Um, <laughs> but doesn't matter. Day one, essentially, you write down information there as well on a day. And what I really like about this is that it always shows you what happened the year before on the same day, two years, three years, five years. So I'm using it since five years. And I really get reflections on my thought on the same day five years ago. And this gives me, you know, I was thinking about 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I, I celebrated 1,000 subscribers, obviously. So now I'm waiting for the next 10,000 steps. So this makes me realize and think again, Tom, you know, keep it in relation. And this helps me. And Or the other way is then that I have a map and I can see all over the world where I took some notes and I just can click there and read the notes uh, or my my journaling from there. So again, leveraging databases, leveraging, I, I hate something writing down just for the sake of writing it down. I have, I have a diary, a paper-based diary. And in there, the very rarely I write something in there. So this will be filled up until the end of my life. But very special things go in there where I think, okay, now let's recap the last three years, four years, and where I'm at now, and then I write something in there. And it's the same with books. If I read, I usually uh, listening to Audible or audio books rather than reading them. But when I think, okay, this was very interesting, and there are so many sections where you want to look up again, I buy the physical book, actually, Mr. Paperless. Why do you do this? Well, it is the haptic feedback. It is the reminder when it is in the bookshelf that I just need to look at the book and I know what is in there and I get reminded, things like that. And people say, Tom, you're, you're doing the paperless movement, so you must hate paper. No, it's exactly, exactly the opposite. I actually love paper and I hate people wasting paper, printing off emails to annotate them and rescanning them or things like that. So, yeah. I'm talking all over the place now. But, yeah. <laughs> what, what you said there is what Matt, I think Matt did a little, a small little rant about it uh, when it comes to minimalism. I think it was uh, a video about a year ago or something. He was saying minimalism isn't getting rid of everything in your house. It's getting rid of everything in your house that you don't need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> uh, it's being yeah. intentional about the stuff. And the same as paperless, getting yeah. rid of the, the paper that you don't need. The, the hundred post-it notes you have in your drawer that are like old or the articles and notes that you took from uh, like college that's still in your backpack because you never took them out and used them. <laughs> and you always have it in your mind that you think maybe I need it sometimes. And then you have the advantage, like don't matter, doesn't matter, Evernote or the G Drive or something like that. You can scan it there and then you have peace of mind. Maybe you never need it again, but it is at least there that I can look it up if I really need it again. And with paper, it just doesn't work this way. Yeah, true. Torin, I'm I'm curious. When it comes to the, the question, I, I see the winky face at the end. Joy is a word that John likes to use, uh, finding joy in business. I've... I've adopted fun first because that's that's where my brain went like four years ago when I was struggling. So fun first, but it does the spark joy. Being minimal and intentional, not really. Not really. 
for, for me, what's fun is doing stuff that's interesting and being curious. Um, what about you? Yeah, it's the same. Uh, as long as it doesn't destroy my running system. And this is what actually really happened. Yeah. So minimalism, when when it when it comes in my world to minimalism, I always start with minimalism. That's what I was mentioning working with clients. We start with very the very basic. And then we see if it works, even if we do manual processes. As long as long we're repeating the manual process and we see it works, then we go in and make an automation. We don't set up a system from scratch and say, we automate everything and everything this, and this is exactly this thing. You know, we take three months, we make a project. In the end of the day, we will have a system that is automated. You have conventions in place and all this, and you have to work by this. And so many methods and courses teach you exactly this. You have to use Notion. You have to exactly getting things done. It is a very old method already, but it is the same thing. So many people, I, I hear, I read this all over the place. Since years, I try to implement getting things done. I'm still not able. Yeah, well, I like getting things done to a certain extent. So I pick the pieces that work for my existing system and enrich them. For example, the, the inbox zero approach where I say less than two minutes, I do work directly on it more than 10 minutes, uh, two minutes, it will become a task. So I can take this, but I'm not sitting there and do exactly what David Allen does. Why? Why should I? It, it, I'm not David Allen. He has other needs. He he implements getting things done now in his getting things done business. <laughs> so it might not fit. So it is always inspiration. Uh, and I think that's, that's really a big issue. Um, that people take so many things for granted when people tell this. And this is why they struggle when I say, I'm using Notion, I'm using it this way, and I switch to Coda. And they say, you messed up my productivity system because you switched to Coda now. And this just shows that uh, the principles needs to be need to be explained. And this is what I try with the ICO framework, explaining the basics, the fundamentals of a productivity system. And then you can use any tool that you like, as long as you create your conventions first. Context matters. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you can put this in two words as well. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, so something that something that came to mind when you were speaking about that is the idea of imposter syndrome. A lot of people uh, they feel this imposter syndrome whenever in lots of different situations. Uh, and I heard Seth talk about this. Seth Godin talk about this uh, on a couple of things. Oh, I could search it up, but I can't be bothered. Um, uh, but he essentially says that we are all imposters. And when I heard that, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, we are. And when you look at Tiago Forte's course, he said he's got inspiration from David Allen getting things done and then changes things here and there. And lots of people are essentially rebranding what's happened in the past. When yeah. you go all the way back to history, even to like Egyptians, how were Egyptians getting things done? You in using checklists. <laughs> they were using checklists. They're just they they were productive not being busy. Exactly. I mean, yeah, there was a lots of lots and of uh, main things, but <laughs> really, what leads to a lot more burnouts and things like a, a thing that wasn't a, a thing for a long time. And I think it is so many, so much input that you cannot convert to what really matters anymore. 
And the issue is really the team leaders, the businesses, they don't give you the conventions, the accountability, the responsibility, so you really know what to do. Um, empowerment is right, but you also there can give structures and give people the way and not just say, yeah, you are empowered to do something, then they do something, and then you say, what bullshit have you done there? That's not your thing to do, and things like that. So, And Tiago Forte, by the way, uh, I was talking about Miro in the video today. I show there my inspiration from Tiago Forte, Second Brain. And I think he has some interesting approaches about note-taking, um, but I bring it a bit further with the output and refine with automating things and tasks so on. But it's really important to get inspired from each other. That's we coming back to Wikipedia and connecting the information or these discussions that we have here. It is very inspiring, but so much gets lost if we don't take notes like context matters. Yeah. So this is something to take away from one and a half hour talk. <laughs> It's just two words that I added to my database, and it's enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when it when it comes to original thinking, original ideas, original thought, there there isn't really anything original about it. It's just changing potentially the words, the packaging, or the reasoning. Uh, and I'm going back to reasoning because that's the, the Vsauce video. A lot of the fluff, the context, the the justification of using something is our own individual reasoning for our reasoning in our context. So your reason for using your tools in your context can give ideas to other people. So it's not an original thought. Yeah. Getting something done, is, it's, it's been around for centuries. Yeah, and I getting think... something done like, yeah. No, sorry for interrupting. Just keep going. I, I was going to say, but getting something done in your context with your reasons, that's that's the original bit. That's the unique bit. Yeah, and this is exactly the moment when, where I think it's on us that we point this more out. Or I have the feeling that I have to talk a lot more in my videos about this, even if people, some people can't hear it anymore. But I have to say, this is what I think. That's my opinion and how I use it. Just take it, you know, not for granted. Use it in your own way. Things like that, because I keep getting comments that. Uh, it doesn't work for me and I, something else works better for me. Uh, okay. And um, yeah, that, that I was just about to ask you if you can bring up this comment from Darius. That's exactly the thing. Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was Yeah. I'll, I'll read it out. So have you seen David Allen's desk? Uh, you might need a brown paper bag to hyperventilate in when you see it, Tom. Uh, but if it works for David, each to their own. Yeah. Yeah, he just he just put it into a book. What are some principles or some he set up some conventions for himself or for his clients that worked and he shared this with, with the world. And this is this is close to the same issue with the all-in-one solution applications. There's yeah. not all in one uh, method that works for you. This is the reason why people don't understand that uh, watching a video or watching a course is enough to build up or increase the overall performance of a team or a company. So it's the same. I mean, I was working many companies and leadership gets sent, gets sent to some trainings about, I don't know, lean production systems or agile and things like that. Then I come back with a lot of buzzwords 
but you see it in their eyes. They have no idea what it is. Then they delegate their task to somebody who wasn't on a training to implement it. And then you have the mess ready instead of getting experts in to actually do this. And then they wonder why it takes time for, for consultants like us um, to implement this because we go to the basics. We look what is actually in place without, we don't want to destroy anything and how we can improve this. So this takes time and this takes money, but usually the return of investment is there if you take this time and money. Darius, yeah. you will agree there as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, another notion has also mentioned that she says it on Twitter, which I, I do see. I think I like some of the comments. I forget what I do on Twitter sometimes. I'm just like scrolling. Something that's that's come to mind quite a lot whilst having this conversation is having a conversation with someone that you know, someone you don't know. Just having a conversation around a topic, an area, is reciting different things. So a lot of the things that I've thought about during this conversation, I have notes on in my system and they're, they're all linked and they're going backwards and forwards. Um, but I'm, I'm bringing those, those pieces of information from my head. I'm not having to search it, which is something I think a lot of people, um, not necessarily misunderstand, but overlook with their note-taking system. They, they think they need it at the touch of their fingers, like straight away. Uh, and like you were saying, if with, with the lingo sort of buzzwords, the topics, if, if you know something well enough, you can explain it in simple terms, plain, plain language. Um, and if you know something in, in your mind, if you actually know it, you should be able to recite it if you know it well enough, I think anyway. If you if you can't think about it, then you don't know it quite well enough or it's sort of gone back in mind. Uh, and maybe maybe that's what needs to be done because you don't need it anymore. A lot of the stuff that I learned when I was younger, I don't need it anymore. So I just don't remember it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, just, but that's, that's a good point. Uh I really struggle citing quotes or, you know, I know these people who cite, they have a lot of quotes on their hand and say this and this and this, but I always understand the principles of getting things done. For example, I don't know. I could now not list exactly what he was talking about, but I could build a getting this, uh, getting things done method from scratch because I, I, uh, I tested it already and understood the fundamentals of this. I don't need to know if it is two minutes or three minutes. It is just about if it is short until you can answer this question, then do it right. You know what I mean? So yeah, I agree with this. And I have so many people, and this is what you just uh, as well confirmed with the buzzwords and saying agile and things and blah, blah, blah. And you feel... You have no idea what this is. Yep. And so uh, Mark Manson brought it up in his book, which I haven't read because I don't read, <laughs> uh, but I watched him talk about it. And he was, sorry? We're just writing, not reading. Well, I don't really write either. I, I sort of do write, but. <laughs> um, well, I did write. Not not handwriting. I'll type every once in a while. Most of the time, it's actually dictation because <laughs> I just love talking. Um, but he he was suggesting in in books. He reads loads and loads of books. I'm not a fan of reading. Um, but he reads loads of books and he doesn't take many notes. But what he does do is he remembers where to find the information. Yeah. And I think this is one of the biggest skills I learned at university. It wasn't learning all the stuff. Yeah. It was learning how to search for the stuff I needed. <laughs> Amen. What words do I put in Google? What words do I put in Google Scholar? What what topic do I need to research on PubMed or whatever academic journal you're you're looking into? It's 
it's not remembering everything. It's remembering where to find the thing that you think you need. Yeah. When, when I studied physics, we actually were allowed to use anything. Back then, there was no internet, so we could bring books and everything. And uh, But it doesn't help. If you don't understand the formulas and how they work together and you didn't understand the fundamentals of what you've been taught over the past semesters, you've been doomed anyway. Because <laughs> you started looking through the books and then realizing, oh, this is how it works, but you only have three hours or something to get this done. So you have to know where to find it and to understand the fundamentals. And this is why they said, you can use whatever you like, but we know within three hours, you won't learn what you actually need to know already. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, so I, true. and this is another very important thing. It really depends on what you are working. If I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm an author and writing a lot of books, uh, Rome research or, Obsidian would be very powerful for this, and I would more use this. Um, just one more thing to the Obsidian thing. What I really like and what I'm scared of in Notion and other tools is uh, that Obsidian gives you the markdown files and you have full control of your file system. And then I don't know if you know, I think you know, uh, Noteplan. You heard of Noteplan? Yeah. And well, you can there already go to the next step and connect it with your calendar. You have tasks in there as well, but it is still markdown files. And now you can even integrate it with Obsidian. So this brings Ooh. together two worlds. Ah, something you didn't know. That that is a that is a tablet application, isn't it, Oakland? No, it is uh Mac. Uh oh yeah, okay. Of course you don't know. <laughs> it's a <laughs> <laughs> it's a Mac, OS, uh, Mac, iPad, iPhone, and uh, yeah. but it, it also uses like Obsidian a file system on iCloud that you can use, and there I can just link to or can use the folder from Obsidian. So it used both look at the same folder. So this means in Noteplan I can write down notes, link it to my calendar, and there is backlinking everything as well. And then I go into Obsidian and I have the advantage of seeing the graph and doing other works on these notes and this is really something powerful where again where i think we need to have more uh, freedom on and inter uh, integrations with other tools and having something like markdown files that everybody uses the same file system makes this possible yeah i mean you look at logseek as well as another application that i know bass mentioned earlier in the stream mm -hmm. logseek obsidian there are there are a couple of other applications out there as well not quite as there yet um that use markdown files and i think if you can if you can have a something that is consistent across the board other than internet access <laughs> Um, it, it brings a lot more flexibility when it comes to integration of different things because as soon as you come to well, look at Notion's API. As soon as you come to bringing things together, firstly, it takes ages to develop the stuff. And second, to actually bring those things together so it works seamlessly looks challenging. I mean, ClickUp's got a fair amount of bugs, even with all yeah. of its automations. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Um, Darius really said something interesting there as well. The fewer productivity note apps you have, the easier it is to find what you need when you need it. Single source of truth. Yep. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting when it comes to notes apps because the the video I'm going to be posting next week about journaling. Um, Tim Ferriss uh, mentioned that he has three journals. He has a five minute journal, a pocket journal, and a, uh, and a morning pages journal. All three of them with different focuses um, and different reasons for having them. I I mean, he's got like a twenty minute video on YouTube. Just go have a look. <laughs> I think it's like Tim Ferriss note taking and journaling, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially has three different journals for different, three different purposes and having note apps, but having a purpose for the note app, I think, I think is the, is the crutch there. Cause you could have one, but it might not be great for something and you could have two that'd be great for both, but there, there is certainly a balance to be struck. Yeah. So uh, this is what I meant with, um, conventions mm-hmm. or like the craft versus notion app. I was able to use craft because I have a completely different separate use case. Yeah. I'm looking at a complete different project where I thought, okay, it will never get connected how I built my house with the paperless movement apps collection there, for example, then it's possible. But as soon I have overlapping information, I get really annoyed. This, this really makes me, if, if I know that this living there, and this is the, the issue with uh, Obsidian and Rome research that I started in both worlds. Yep. Yep. Very fair. So, um, we're, we're, we're closing in on two hours. So we'll, we'll start, we'll start closing it down. Um, if you, if you do have any burning questions listening in, do, do let us know. Um, but Tom, any, I'm, I'm not going to say final words cause I've avoided saying that, but I can't remember what I normally, any, any words you would like to, to add to the conversation, uh, or direct people in a specific direction. I'm really thankful to be on your stream again. Uh, I really like how the YouTube um, creator section in, evolves here, having people like you and Layla and Jonathan and Bas, and they are coming more and more. They're fairly small still, still happy, you know, that they are there. This is a complete different mindset. We have big channels, not saying any names. <laughs> but I think it is a fresh type of mindset. And especially I'm coming from business and corporate. This is different than the studies productivity, student productivity, and so on. Although myself, I was a long time student and I would have loved to have these tools. Oh my God, I would have been, maybe I would never have ended my studies this way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's the notion, God. So I cannot wait to be on the next call again. Yeah, I think the Notion Goth is doing like her third master's degree or something like that. So <laughs> I've got all the tools. I'm just going to learn everything. I'd love to be able to do that. I responded to a comment about that, actually. Someone said that they related with me saying in the note-taking video, I want to learn everything. I want to learn all the things. I was like, yeah, but I have a life to live as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, but some works if you, if you fancy this stuff, then, it, then it's, that is good. But don't force your pe- to your team to do this as well. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, Darius has a, a final question for both of us. Oh, both of us. Uh, when do you think the productivity tide is going to turn to a better direction? I'll leave. I'll let you go first. Well, I think it's it's already going the right direction. It is a lot of hype, and then now we have new buzzwords like the backlinks uh, coming up since two thousand twenty two thousand twenty one. I 
you know, when you look at the mission of or the vision of paperless movement, that um, how was it again? <laughs> well, we should start leveraging the digital world more than instead of just consuming it. And what our task is really, every creator talking in this area should be explaining, and I'm talking about digital productivity here, um, explaining the advantages of the digital world. Just thinking about using tags instead of folders and making more people aware of this, the advantages, we really could change the mindset of so many people and and empowering them and and becoming in general more productive as a humanity as humanity when we use it right. Yeah, there was mm. after one and, and 45 minutes talking, uh <laughs> <laughs> the brain is starting to the German hits now, so I could tell you this now in German. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I'm back in English. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, I think for me, I mean, there are so many different get outs in this question. Um, I, there are so many different things that I could say, but what I will say is productivity, lifestyle, uh, and values are heavily intertwined. And I think the direction of certain channels. Uh, potentially may change in the future, but the the world of productivity online, there are what I see. There are three areas. Um, there is productivity for productivity's sake, <laughs> uh, productivity systems, and then productivity for lifestyle. And when it comes to a direction, I think when all three of those try and find somewhere together, I think is where is going to be the most value because uh, from what I've seen, a lot of thinking. In the productivity space leaves out how like life application a lot of systems don't necessarily overlook life application but it's sort of uh how do you find the context and all this stuff because you're so focused on the systems but then lifestyle don't touch on either of the points so it's like these three different sections in the online space of talking about this stuff and i haven't found yet a, a nice, easy way to combine all three of those different areas. So direction, combining those three areas. <laughs> How people do that, when people do that, no idea. Yeah. But, uh, Again, single source of truth. I mean, to me, the, the, the ultimate single source of truth is my Google Calendar. In the end yeah. of the day, a task list is infinite and a calendar is finite. Everything needs to get in there, even appointments or whatever. Um, and this is really the advantage. Yep. Don't don't. I'm I'm gonna leave those words. Both both those words trigger. This is literally this is really an advantage where where then you have to understand how to use it. When I use Calendly and people can book calls with me, but I put in family time, then it is automatically blocked. I don't have overbooking. If I have a paper planner back in the days, this won't happen. You know, everybody will just tell you, okay, yes. And then you look up, can I, can I not? Okay. Yeah. Um, and Pauli about backlinks. I, I may do a video explaining how I'm using backlinks and different things at some point, um, but you really don't need them. <laughs> you really don't need them uh, unless you've actually found a use case for them is my thoughts. Watch the video that I publish tomorrow, then you will see how I, why I need them. <laughs> there One you go. The, 
why I went back from Coda to Notion. So <laughs> to go oh, back yeah. to the topic of the video. Context matters. You know what you need them for. <laughs> That's right. Amen. And on that note, uh, hopefully everyone has had a good week and has a good uh, Sunday and then next week. Um, but yeah, so Tom, thank you very much for coming on. Okay. Uh, always love our conversations. And for everyone else in, in the chat and watching on, have a good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time it is where you are. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone.